Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. We're blessed today to have one of our uh, pastor friends from around the world come today to spend time with us, to look at you and let you look at him, to speak the word of God to you. You guys have heard me talk about Wanderson and Jasana there bulletin updates their missionary letters are in our rack our not a rack our rack back there and they actually let me see okay this is the reason why it and i've told you guys this this will make sense to you if you see our flags everybody turn your neck and look in the back you'll see two that say belgium one on the far right of the left hand side toward the middle and you'll see another one on the very far right hand side that says belgium you can turn back around and look this way. <laughs> the reason why there are two, two different flags for Belgium is because that region, we have two different ministries going on there and, and friends that are doing ministry. You guys remember a couple of months ago, we had Big Bill Schwartz come. Anybody remember Big Bill? Hard guy to miss. Uh, Bill is actually the way we got connected. And I'm, I'm going to let Pastor come and tell you guys whatever he wants to tell you about what's going on there but this is a couple that God has used all over Europe and across the world to take ministry to the world. And I told you I'm excited to be able to hear what God has to say today because I want you to know that I have so much respect for you, for the anointing that is on your life, for the call of God that is on your life, for the, for the husband that you are, the father that you are, the faithfulness that you've had to our God, the testimony from Pastor Bill uh, of the love and the support that you guys have always been. So I'm not going to take a lot of time today with an introduction, but what I would like you to do, Abundant Life, I want you to stand on your feet if you're able and welcome the man of God today, our speaker for this hour, Pastor Wanderson Machado. Uh, I want to uh, share a little bit of the Word of God with you today. We have a couple of minutes that I want to share on the subject of the promise of God is bigger than your pain. It's, it's a very, very uh, strong statement, but I believe that we as the people of God, we face difficulties every day. It's not because you believe in God. It's not because we believe in Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we don't face difficulties. That's a big mistake to believe that when we come to God, we have no longer issues, we have no longer difficulties, we won't lose jobs, that we won't have accidents, that we won't, you know, uh, lose members of our family, that we won't face, you know, sometimes very, very difficult times. And uh, I want to read a text with you in First Samuel Chapter third, uh, third, yeah. First Samuel, chapter thirty. 
There's many scriptures in the Bible that we can learn a lot of things and uh, have different lessons from the men and women of God in the Bible so we can learn from them how to deal with situation that most of the time will be very difficult for us. But I want to together with you today to see a couple of things that David faced and uh, the decision he made to have a different reaction about the circumstances. First Samuel chapter 30, the Bible says, verses 1, I'm going to read a couple of verses, verses 1 until 8. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking on stoning him, of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of the sons, his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod, the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. I'm going to jump now to verse 18. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. Amen. Father God, we bless your holy name. I thank you for this wonderful time, Father, where we can share your word with your people. I pray today, Father, that you bless this church and that you speak to all of us today, Father. Don't allow us to leave this place the same again. Speak to every one of us today in the way that only you can speak, Father. Give us ears so we can hear, Father. Give us a heart, open heart that we can receive your powerful word, Lord. And help us to be better than yesterday, Father. And accomplish your will for this time, for this generation. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to uh, learn together with you today a couple of things that we can see how David could, you know, during these times of difficulties, he could have different reactions. And the way he reacts, I believe it's the way we all should today learn from him and, and do the same things when we face, you know, difficulties in our lives. Uh, about 
nine years ago, my wife and I, we also faced very, very difficult time when we, we lost our son, our first son in Belgium. And it was a very, very difficult time. And I believe all of us, in a certain moments of our lives, we face difficulties. And sometimes, the only thing we can do is to cry out to God. Many times, we, we, even if we try to do our best, there's no other way but to weep and weep and weep until we find no more strength. The Bible says that David was anointed to become the king of Israel. He had the favor of God on him. He was the chosen one. The anointing of God was upon his life. But this does not exclude all the difficult time, times that he had to face. All the different seasons that he had to face until the day he became the king of Israel. So he could say, okay, now the promise of God have, has been accomplished for me. You see, God gives all of us his promises. And we get very excited about the promises of God. We get sometimes very happy because God has promised to do things in our lives. God has promised to do things in your life. But God never told you that until the day his promises to you is fulfilled, that you would not face difficulties. And unfortunately, most of us, we misunderstand how God works and we suffer very much for that. David had the promise of God. But the Bible says that the king of Israel, Saul, decided to kill David. You see, sometimes people that are supposed to help us, they do, they do just the opposite. The king of Israel was supposed to be a mentor to David. A man that could help David to be the best he could be in God. But the Bible says that instead of helping David, he was jealous. He was jealous probably because of many reasons. David could do things better than him. You know, sometimes God gives us the promise. We get focused on the promise of God. And instead of have a good balance on the expectation we place on God and also on the people around us, we do the opposite. And the Bible says that David had a great idea to not be killed he had to flee Saul and to go to a different place, to a different land. And the crazy, crazy idea that David had was, I'm going to ask for shelter to whom? To my enemies. That's a strange idea, but that was the idea and the only one that worked for David. He had to leave the place of his comfort, the place where he had all his friends, all the people that could help him, and he had to leave that place and go to a different place. And that place was the territory of his enemies, one of the biggest enemies of Israel, the Philistines. And David, you know, went to that place. But the Bible says that when he went to the territory of the Philistines, he brought together with him 600 men. Those men were actually the army of David, the people that were faithful to David. People that understood the, vis the vision that God gave to David. People that understood that David eventually would become the king of Israel. So those men went to the Philistines together with David. Now understand that, please understand that David had these people around him 
as his only and in his own army because these people trusted David. They knew this man has the anointing of God on him. I can follow him because this man has the direction of God for his life. And then they followed David. They were actually faithful to David. David was the leader of this army. But now let's see what the Bible says. The Bible says in, in verses... Three, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Now, Ziklag was the city that was given to David by the king of Gath. The name of this king was Achis. And, and, uh, and this king gave Ziklag to them. So they established themselves in that city. And one day they were working, doing the Lord's business. They come back and they see Ziklag burned to the ground. The Amalekites came and destroyed completely and, and had taken all the women and, and children captive. And David see that situation together with his men, his army. And the first thing they see, well, we lost everything. The hope that they had was completely gone. And when they see the situation, the Bible says the only thing they could do is to weep. And the Bible says that they wept. Until they had no more strength. Now, there's one thing here that's very important for me to learn from David. First thing I see is that if we don't deal with our pain, our pain will deal with us. David could have done many things in this situation. But the only thing David did was to weep. He knew that it's okay to have pain. It's okay to have difficulties. Instead of complaining about the situation, he just started to weep in God's presence and to express his, himself to God in a way that he could then relieve his pain from his pain and be completely surrounded to God. The Bible says that not only David wept, but all the men around him also wept until they found no strength. You see, they were actually dealing with the pain that they had because of the situation. Sometimes we face difficulties and we start blaming the government, blaming the pastor, blaming the leaders, blaming the crisis, blaming the church, blaming everything else instead of just stop and maybe start weeping and weeping and weep, weep, weep until we find no more strength. Eventually, we will find the peace that you're looking for. Because on those times of broken heart is where God can find you very close to him. You see, the Bible says, draw close to God and he will draw, draw close to you. When we understand that we have nothing that we can do by ourselves, we completely surround ourselves to God. And then God can start doing the things that he is able to do. The Bible says that David and his men were, were actually weeping until they found no strength. And you see many people, they decide to not deal with the pain that they have. And they start feeding the pain. And you will see many people feeding their pain in different ways that destroy their lives. People, 
people will then, instead of dealing with the pain, they will then find drugs, illicit sex. They will find alcohol. They will then work more than enough. They will do more things that they are supposed to do. They will try to find activities after activities so they can try to hide the pain. Instead of dealing with the pain and weeping God's presence until you can then find the peace that you need. Instead of feeding the pain, we need actually to deal with the pain. And David, that was the decision that he made. The Bible says that he wept and all the people together with him. And one thing that we need, we need to understand is that there's no other way better than in God's presence. And when we are dealing with our pain, the best way to be is in God's presence. You see, leave the church, that's not the best solution. Some people will say, well, it's, it, it's hurting too much. I'm leaving. I'm going to isolate myself. That's never the best solution. You will see people trying to hide the pain, living from the community that God placed them. That's not the best solution. Many people today, they're, they know God, those that know God, but they're trying to leave the situation instead of dealing with the situation. They're getting far and far away from God. And David, the Bible says that he dealt with the pain. He was, you know, uh, facing difficulties. Yes, but he had God by, him, by, by his side. By his side. And that's the first thing we need to deal with, with our pain if we want to move forward. But there's a second thing that we need to deal. And uh, I, I want to give it to you today. It's deal with the people. You see, we need to understand that difficulties come, but we need to de deal with the pain that the, difficulty, the difficulties will then bring together. But the second thing we need to do is to deal with the people because the people will always be around us. You see, there is no way for us to live in this world being isolated. There are four very, very important types of relationships that we need all, always to understand. First is our relationship with God. Second, our relationship with our spouse, family, children. Third, the relationship with Christians. And fourth, relationship with non-Christians. We cannot, you know, uh, live without those four types of relationships. And David understood that the people around him were there during this time of difficulties and he had no choice but to deal with them. And do you remember what happened? Let's read. The Bible says, verse 4, So David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. Verse 5, David's two wives had been, have been captured. And then verse 6, David was greatly distressed. Now, David was not distressed because of the situation. The circumstances, seeing the city of Ziklag destroyed, the wives and children, children taken captive. David was greatly distressed because of something else. And let's look what was the reason. Because the men were talking of stoning him. You see, it's very difficult 
And I think one of the most difficult things, it's not that we face difficulties. One of the most difficult things is the people around us that don't have the discernment, don't understand the situation. And instead of trying to help us, they try to stone us. <laughs> you see how difficult it was for David? David was the anointed one to be the king of Israel, to become the king of Israel. He had to flee Israel because Saul wanted to kill him. Then 600 men, if you read the context, if you read the context, you will see 600 men went with him. People that trusted that he was the chosen one to become the king of Israel. The same men that followed David as the leader of Israel, now because the situation, instead of helping the leader, let's kill the leader. And then David has... He has to deal with the people now because the people will be around us and the people will be questioning us. And as leaders in the kingdom of God, many times we face very, very, very hard difficulties. You see, the leader is in front of the church preaching every day and sometimes or most of the times the same leader that are feeding you are facing the same struggles of everyone else, as everyone. There's no superman in the pulpit. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. There is just a chosen man or woman, anointed, still human, that faces the same sort of difficulties. And the people there sitting in the church, the members of the church, the members of the kingdom of God, need to support the leader. Instead of trying to stone him because of the situation. You know, David, what was wrong in that situation that they wanted to stone David? David was not the one to be blamed. David was doing the business of the Lord, trying to escape from Saul together with the people. The Bible says that after three days, they come back. After three days of fighting for, for the king of Gath, which was an enemy of Israel. David had no choice. David did not choose to leave Israel because he wanted to, you know, to become a leader somewhere else. No, he had no choice. If he didn't have that idea, probably he would probably have been killed by Saul. But because of the plan of God, David had that idea to flee and go to a different place. And he was together with these people. They knew that David was not the one to be blamed. But he still, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill David. And that's the bad, the, the, the bad thing about, you know, uh, the ministry. Because people in the ministry, they want to be blessed you know, they want to, to have a blessed ministry. They want to have a blessed church. But most people, instead of helping the leader during the times of difficulties, they try to do what these people did with David. And I want to encourage you today, support your pastor. Support your leader. Trust that God is directing his steps with a vision that God has given him. You know, that's the best thing to do. 
These people at this moment, they didn't know that David was about to become the king. It, and the situation was not to stop David, but was preparing David to be one of the best kings of Israel. Sometimes, you know, uh, this church will face difficulties. But if you understand that this is just a season and very soon this church will, you know, experience a growth coming by, you know, from God. You will then see great miracles happening in this place. You will see this church supporting the 100 missionaries like Pastor Scott said. Can you believe that? You see a lot of flags all over this building. I mean, this building will be small. You will have to, to, to find a bigger building. Yes, because then, uh, you know, the vision that God has placed, you know, on the, in the heart of Pastor Scott will be accomplished. But you are here to support him, to help the leader. Of course, he will face difficulties, but then you're here to support him and help him to, you know, to stand his arms. And the Bible says that David, you know, uh, was about to be killed by his own people. But then David, in verse 6, let's see what David did. He was greatly distressed because of men were trying to, or taking, or talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit. Because of his sons and daughters. And then here's the secret of the leader that follows God's direction. Yes, they're trying to stone me. Instead of standing in front of them and justify the situation. Try to explain himself. David could, uh, could have done many things here. But instead, look what he, he did. But David found, found strength in the Lord his God. You see, the, the true man of God faces difficulties. But when the time of difficulty comes, he finds strength in God. He goes to God's presence. He doesn't need to explain himself to anyone. He doesn't need, he doesn't need to justify the situation. But instead, he goes to God's presence and he finds his strength in God. That was the attitude of David. David, instead of, you know, uh, tell the people, yes, do you remember God told, you know, the prophet Samuel that I would become the king of Israel? Do you remember that day when he came and anointed me? Do you remember when you left together with me with the promise that we carried together? No, he didn't do that. He didn't have to explain himself. He went to God's presence and found strength, the strength that he needed. Dealing with people, the best way to do that is go to God's presence and God will deal with the people. You know, we don't have to deal with the people in the sense that we have to do the work. We have to do with the people going to God's presence and let God deal with the people. You know, God always does and he does very, very well. <laughs> I remember when uh, we were pastoring a local church in Belgium. The first church we pastored was a French-speaking church. And we are Portuguese-speaking people. And uh, it was not very easy because, you know, you have to prepare all the messages. And everything has to be in French and translating into Dutch. And it was a very hard work. And we were the only Brazilians in that region of Belgium. We had about 70% of people coming from Africa and, and living in Belgium. And 30% were... Or European people in, uh, in the church. And we had, you know, that situation where 
we lost three babies. And uh, one was seven months. We had to, uh, to really do the, you know, the entire funeral and everything. It was very difficult. And I remember during that time, some people in the church started talking about, you know, a curse. Because, you know, we didn't have children. And it was not normal that the pastor lost three kids. So we heard, you know, rumors of people talking about certain course on the pastors. And eventually the pastors were, were, were me and Jesana. <laughs> so now it was a very difficult time. Very, very difficult time. And uh, I remember that, you know, sometimes we decided, you know, to instead of talking to the people, we decided to pray and to go to God's presence. And we decided to really trust that God would, would deal with the people, not us. And uh, instead of trying to, you know, to explain the situation to the people, we decided actually to really weep. And I remember days where we wept so much that we really didn't find strength uh, on us, but on God. You know, and then the peace came. And eventually God did everything, you know, the way he does. And we have three beautiful kids today. You know, it was a miracle for us then as it is today, you know. To have three kids in this generation, that's a miracle. To educate them in God's ways and to do the things that God has called us to do. But, you know, people will be difficult to, um, to understand what the leaders, you know, in God's kingdom face. Sometimes, you know, it's men and women faithful to God will face very, very hard times. And I'm very sure that, you know, uh, Pastor Scott has, you know, gone th this way, but I really believe that God is faithful and he's going to honor all the, you know, the, the times that you have prayed and that you have wept and uh, all the people that have been supporting and being faithful to this church and to God above all things and to the leader that God has placed in your life. I, I, I do believe that God will honor all of you and you will see great things. I'm sure of that. You know, just as David you know, faced that difficult time. And after that season, difficult season, he became the king of Israel. And even today, there's no other king that was, you know, a king according to the heart of God as David was. And I believe, you know, all of us, if we stay faithful, God is always faithful to do the work. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, you can praise God for that. After dealing with the people, and I only have two more things to say, we need to deal then, not first with the pain, let me just remind you a little bit. First, we need to deal with the pain. Second, we need to deal with the people. But third, we need to deal with the provider of all things. You know, many times when the difficulties come, we try to do everything that we can, and we ask for advice other people. We try to get, you know, the solution from, uh, you know, your boss. You try to get the solution from uh, a certain, you know, group of people. But David understood that the only way for him to get a solution from God, from, uh, for that situation, was actually from God himself. So you, do, you deal with the pain within you. You deal with the people. But then you need to deal with God. There's no way for us to hide, you know, from God. 
whatever place you go, you can try to hide yourself from God, but you will never be able to do it. God will always find you. And, you know, David, instead of complaining, instead of, uh, you know, flee from the situation, he went to God's presence. And the Bible says that he found his strength in God himself. But let's see what God also did. Instead of asking for advice for other people, he said in verse 7, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. And then he brought the ephod. And David, verse 8, inquired of the Lord. He spoke to God. You know, you need to make a very, very important decision in your life. The most important thing that you need to do is to try to know what God wants you from that situation. What is God's direction for your life? You want to move from one city to another one. You want to change your job. You want to, you know, uh, get married. You want to find, you know, uh, uh, you know, a best place for you to be. You need to know what God wants from you. You know, sometimes people will try to, you know, to, to move their lives according to the situation, according to the circumstances. And they don't actually understand that the most important thing is not the circumstance, is what God wants. What is God's will for your life? What God, does God want from, from me now at this moment? Is that battle for me? Is that situation really for me to deal with? Sometimes we will do things that God has never called us to do. Many people will spend more, most of their time doing things that God has never called them to do. And I think one of the biggest problems that we will always have and one of probably the most difficult things for us will be the day will come before God. And God will say, yes, you have done many, many things, but none of them were the ones I asked you to do. Yes, you have done this, 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 and that. A lot of things, a lot of accomplishments. But none of those things were the ones I called you to do. I think that will be one of the most difficult things to hear. And I believe sometimes small things will make the big differences. Small things. Maybe for some of us, God will call you just to feed one family. Just to give, a, you know, a, an invitation, as Pastor Scott said. Just give a call to someone. Invite them to come to the church. Just, you know, talk to someone. Give a word of encouragement. Those are small things. But if God has called you to do, to do those small things, do it. Just do it. Sometimes we, we will underestimate the power of small things. You know, David, he wanted to know, okay, we have lost everything. The city is completely destroyed. Our wives and children have, you know, been taken captive. Now, what should we do? You know, most of us will don't just take action very quick. And David, instead of take action, he stopped and he said, let me see what God wants for me now. Let's see what God wants at this moment. In this world that we live today, we will get so busy that instead of stop and see what God wants, we will just take immediate action. And that could be a big mistake in many cases. And David wanted to know what God wants for that situation. So he calls the priest and he says, give me the effort. I'm going to ask God what he wants me to do. And when he asks, 
God says, go because I'm going to give everything back to you. Just go. And you see, sometimes during our prayer time, it will be very difficult for us to understand what God says. Why? Because we want God to explain everything to us. And many times God will never explain. He will just give you one word. Many times God will just say, go. Sometimes he will say, stop. Sometimes he will say, listen. Other times he will say, go back. And he won't explain why. You know, he won't say, no, I'm going to do this because you deserve, you have suffered, you know, you have faced difficulties. You know, David, for example, God will explain to him, no, no, David, I understand your situation. Oh, poor David, you're called. Yes, you're anointed and people have, you know, betrayed you. Your, your men are trying to stone you, David. No, no, I'm here with you, David. Listen very carefully. I'm still with you, David. And he explained the entire situation. No, God just said, go because you will get everything back. That's all. Now, for David at this moment, I believe was one of the most difficult situations during that season. Because God says, I'm going to give everything back. But he doesn't know if it, that's really going to happen. For me and you today, when we read the Bible, we see the story you know, clearly defined. We see on verse 8, God promises David... That he will give everything back. And then verse 19, 18, 19, and 20, we see the result. The Bible is already here for me and for you with all information. But for David, that was not the case. God gives him the information, what he's going to do, and he needs to trust. The same way God told him before that he would become the king of Israel. And David believed, but then it didn't happen. He had to flee from Israel as shelter for his enemies, but still believing that God will fulfill his promises. You'll see sometimes the promise of God is right before our eyes, but we cannot see it. Because we get too, much, too, many, you know, too, too often focused on the situation, on the circumstances. If we today in the United States of America, we speak, Speak, you know, the, the truth that God is able to do a great revival in this country. And this country will rise again and send missionaries all over the world. And this nation will, you know, know again great men and women of God. You know, revivalists and people that will, you know, bring the presence of God to this place. Many of, of us will say, no, that's not possible. No, look today around us. You know, people, they don't want to go to the church anymore. You know, people have chosen to not serve God in America. America has forget, for, forgot about God. You know, if we get focused on the circumstances, it will be difficult to trust. It will be difficult to believe. But we don't have to do that. We need to get focused on God and on His promises. The Bible says if, even if we're not faithful, God remains faithful. Now, let's imagine if we're faithful, what God can do. So David, instead of getting focused on the situation, he went to God's presence and he wanted to hear from God what God wants him to do. And the Bible says that God says, told David, just go that I'm going to give everything back to you. And now the fourth topic and the last one, but not the least. First one is 
deal with their pain. Second one, deal with the people. Third one, deal with provider, which is God. And the fourth one, which is the most difficult for all of us, deal with the waiting time for the fulfillment of the promise. Yes, it's not difficult today to wait. Huh? Sometimes we're driving the car, and 30 seconds that you have to wait, sometimes it's like an eternity. Yes? One day I was in a place, you know, uh, in Belgium. I had to use a common microwave, you know, to, you know uh, in, a, in a company. Uh, and I had to uh, heat my food. And some people were behind me and two other people before me. The first, people, the first person here had some issues with the microwave. And the two guys behind me were very, very much upset. And a microwave, it's like a one minute. Yeah, we don't use 15 minutes. Microwave is quick, fast and quick. So it's one, two minutes, three minutes maybe, but not more. And the two guys were very, very much upset because they were taking like two minutes. That's the type of the generation that we live today. Your phone today, you just touch your phone, it's the screen of your phone, and if it takes 15 seconds, you're very upset. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're very frustrated. It's like, what sort of connection is this? You're terrified. I mean, what? that could not happen. And you want to get a better phone and a better network company. That's the sort of generation we're living today. Now, can, can we be patient to wait for God's promises to be fulfilled in our lives if we're being taught that we cannot wait 15 seconds can you believe our children how are they going to be living in, in you know in five minutes five years from now we are facing a very very big challenging challenge today to learn how it is good and important to wait the waiting time is very, very, very important. But what makes, what makes the huge difference is what we do when we receive the promise of God in between the time we hear the, the promise of God and the accomplishment of that promise. During verses 8 and 19 made all the difference in David's life. What do you do when God promises you to do something and when he accomplishes his promises? That will make the entire difference in your life. A lot of people, they will just decide to not wait. Quit before the fulfillment of God's promise. But David, you know, he, he knew that God was faithful to fulfill his promises. And he, you know the story, he became the king of Israel. But just before he became the king of Israel, in that certain specific situation, he got everything back. I, I read the text with you, verses... 20, he took all the flocks of verses 19, nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back, everything, nothing was missing. So he lost everything, you know, in that situation, but he got everything back. You know, it's difficult and it's hard to understand when we lose things. Sometimes the pain is... You know, it's so huge that we start not trusting that the promise of God will be a reality in our lives. 
But I'm here today to tell you that God is faithful. And what he has promised, he will certainly accomplish. He will, with no doubts, fulfill his promises. And even if it's sometimes, you know, difficult to understand, he's faithful to do it. And he will always, always be there for you. Amen. Let's all stand. I want to pray for you. Can I pray with them, Pastor Scott? I want to pray with you because I, I'm very sure that some of us here today, we're in a situation where it's, be, it's been difficult to trust that God is faithful. You know, and sometimes trust God is just be like a baby, you know. You don't ask for the babies if they're sure if the parents will feed them. You don't have the, the, the sort of doubts. You know, they're living in a season of peace where they know when I'm hungry, I will get my food. And that's the way God wants us to live. Just, you know, be in peace and know that God is there for you. God is here and he is always faithful to accomplish his promises. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we bless your holy name. We thank you for your promises. And we understand, Father God, that you're faithful. And that nothing, Father, nothing is impossible for you. You're always there with all of us. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter how difficult it could be. And yes, sometimes we have no other option, Father, but to weep. And to be in your presence and trust you, knowing that you were there with us. And I pray today, Father, that you were always faithful to this church, to the leadership of this church, Father. And I pray, Father God, that every family represented here today, Father, will know you in a deeper way. Oh, Lord, Father, I ask you today to bless all the families in this church, to fulfill all the promises Promises that you have given them, Father, many years ago, Father. Maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Oh, Lord, things that you have spoken to them, Father. I ask you today, to, Father, to fulfill your promises to their lives. And I'm sure that you will, Father. But I ask you today, Lord, that you help us to know how to react, Father God. When the situation, when a difficult situation comes, Father. I ask you today to help us to become faithful, to be faithful, Lord, every day of our lives. Oh, Lord, so we can see all your promises fulfilled in our lives. Oh, Father, and I believe today, Lord, that even, Father, Lord, our lives are, cannot be compared, Father God, to your promises. Some of your promises, Father God, will be always even bigger than our lives. Ourselves. Oh, Father, and I trust you today. I declare upon this church, Father God, your presence. I declare, Father God, your favor upon this church, O oh Lord Jesus, that this church, O oh Lord, will feed not only 400 people, but thousands of people, Father God. In Jesus' name, O oh Lord, that you will send many, many families to this church, O oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And save many, many more lives, O oh Father, in this place. I declare, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that this place will be, Father God, a place of miracles. That people will see miracles happen, Father God, in every service in this community. In Jesus' mighty name, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.